All right, so Matthew chapter 28, this is the, of course, we see the resurrection of Jesus Christ in this passage. And I think it's important that uh, before we get to the text verse on here, that we think about the fact that this chapter has just talked about the resurrection of Jesus. Sometimes we take it for granted and we don't realize just how big of a miracle that that was. Jesus Christ rising from the dead, that was no small feat. That was an amazing thing. I mean, everything that we do, everything that we believe, it all is about fact that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Had He died on the cross and not risen again, it wouldn't have done any good. But He did. He conquered sin He on that cross. He conquered death when He rose from the dead. And so this is a very high moment here. But now you know, he was on, we know He was on earth for 40 days. And before He left His, uh, his disciples, He commissions them. And He gives them what we call the Great Commission. He gives it not just to the disciples, but I believe to 120 people. Now think about this. Uh, Jesus he had a three-year ministry, saw thousands of people saved, didn't He? But then in Jerusalem, about how big was their church after seeing thousands of people saved? It was about 120 people. Now, you know, the repent of your sins crowd would say Jesus only got 120 people saved. But we know He did a whole lot better than that. He got a lot of people saved during His time. But there were 120 people that were disciples, that were followers of Christ. And these are the people that were used to evangelize the world that started it. Okay, And it wasn't just 120 people that did it, but 120 people started it. And look what he said in verse 19. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe what things soever, uh, what thi or all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So there is that great commission. And notice Jesus did not call them to just go and reach the community. He said, go into all the world. Jesus told them, he said, you shall receive power after the, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses in Jerusalem. That was their local town and Judea. That was the outside areas and Samaria, uh, Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Notice that that first church it, that first church, Jesus gave one church the job of reaching the whole world, didn't He? He didn't give them the job of just reaching the community. He gave one church the job of reaching the entire world. And you say, well, that's impossible. That can't be done. Are we really going to say that after we just read about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It, we, we shouldn't go limiting what God can do. We shouldn't go limiting God and saying He's asking too much from a command that's in the same chapter as His resurrection. Think about that before you go, saying that's impossible and that can't be done. And the truth is, not only can it be done, it was done. It was done. Look what it says in Romans chapter 10 in verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that verse. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, nobody's going to get saved without somebody preaching the Gospel to them. It's just, that's just a fact, what the Bible says. It says, And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the Gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the Gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But I say, have they not heard? What about those who've never heard? He said, well, you know, what about them? He said, yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. So here in Romans, it's very clear, that Gospel, it reached the whole world. 
It made it to the ends of the world. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So, I don't know if y'all realize this, and according to the timelines and things they put when these books are written, if they're right, when Colossians was written, this was about 30 years after Jesus gave that one group that commission to reach the entire world. In 30 years, they did it. One church did it. Now, that one church did not remain 120 people. But, you know, the truth is, we don't know how big the church in Jerusalem got. I know it got really big after Pentecost. I don't know how long it stayed big, but we do know persecution came and they spread out. They went all over the place. They became many different churches. And, that, you know, and we're not here today. And what I'm going to be talking about today, it's not just about us becoming this big, gigantic place. Right? But it is about us having a global versus a local focus. More churches today are going more to just this local focus. So I just want to focus in on my community. You know, God sent me to this area and this is what we're focused on. You know, and I, I don't want to get in somebody else's area. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't want to get in somebody else's territory. And, you know, and I'm embarrassed because I kind of came from this mentality. But, you know, we have people regularly like question me, like, why are you guys going soul winning in, you know, towns, you know, an hour, two hours away? You know, why are you doing that? You know, there's, uh, you know, are, are you working with a local church in that area? And I will say to that, I always try to, but they don't always want to. You know, if I don't work with a local church in many cases, it's not because... I don't want to. It's just they don't want to because they have a demented idea when it comes to soul winning. You know, they've got they've got a messed up idea about it is, and we'll talk about that as we go through this. But I do believe that Liberty Baptist Church that we should have a focus. We should have a goal of reaching the world. And and once again, don't you dare tell me we can't do that. That can't be done. It's been done before. It has been, it was done here in the Bible, and there have been churches to this day, you know, there's churches this day that are doing it. There are churches that are getting their message out through the entire world, and there is no reason in the world why we can't do it. Folks, I've, I've checked, right? I study how churches work. I've studied the Bible. I've seen how these things work. And every church that I've seen that has had a global impact, you know, I look at them and I say, you know what? If they can do it, there's no reason why we can't do it either. And I believe we're going to do it. And I'm going to give you a plan to do this. We're already doing a lot of it, but we're just going to, we're going to keep doing it because I do, I believe our focus ought to be, it's our job to reach the whole world. It's not just our job to reach this local community. Folks, I care about the, our entire state. Is our state not a mess? Okay. Our state is a mess. There's no, I care about our entire country. I care about other parts of the world. And if you think that I'm going to stand around and just depend on the other local churches that are in this state to get the job done, you're crazy because they're not doing anything. And it's not my job, you know, it's not my to just say, well, you know, I'm only supposed to be here. You know, they can take care of all that. No, it is my job to reach the whole world. It's our job as a church to reach the whole world. That was the focus they had then. And I believe that's the focus that I had today. And I'm going to show you too. I believe having a local focus is counterproductive. I think it's hurting these churches. I think it's making it worse. I think if we have the mentality of let's just reach our community, I believe it's going to hurt us as a church. I believe we will be less effective in our community. 
when we have that mentality. And I'll show you why as we go through here. So why is it, why is a predominantly local focus counterproductive? Why is that? Well, first off, it's us saying we'll give God what He wants when God gives us what we want. And what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, we can't reach the whole world until, you know, we get a church built, you know, we got, we got to get a big enough building built. We got to get enough people in this church so we can pay all the bills and so we can have the money to give the missionaries to go all over the world. You know, that we're basically a lot of churches, their attitude is we'll start doing more to reach the surrounding areas once we've reached enough people in our own community where, you know, the pastor's getting paid full time. You know, when we reach enough people in the community where, you know, we're paying all our bills and we're on easy street and we don't have to make any financial sacrifices. That's basically what they're saying. You know, they have this attitude. Well, yeah, the big churches can get that done. The big churches can reach the whole world, but not us. Well, why not? It was only 120 people that Jesus told to reach the whole world back then. Why does that have to be a church of a thousand? That does that. Why can't it be a smaller church? Why can't it be a church of 50 or 60 or 70? Why, why can't it be a smaller church? Say, well, you know, we're only half the size. You know, we, you know, we're only half the size of that first church. Okay, let's at least reach our, you know, half a hemisphere then. You know, let's at least reach half the world for now. And I, and I believe we do that. We'll be doing good. We'll be doing a lot better than the churches that are just kind of focusing on the local community who aren't even reaching their local community. So, it, and the truth is, God told us. To go into all the world is not our job to say, okay, we'll obey you when you give us what we want. You know what we should do? We ought to just say, okay, let's do it. Let's go into all the world. Let's go wherever we can. Let's preach the gospel to every creature. Look what it says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. It says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now you say, what's wrong with what these people were asking for? Isn't it pretty reasonable to go tell people goodbye before you leave? You know, to go bury your father? You know, I think these seem like pretty reasonable things. But understand, Jesus gave them a command. And when He gives us a command, it's up to Him to take care of everything else. Y'all understand that? It's up Him. You know, if I'm out fighting a battle, let's say I join the army and I'm going and we're invading some country for oil or something like that, and so, and, I, and I'm going to go fight a battle, and, you know, and then my sergeant or whatever, you know, he tells me to go attack these people, and I, you know, it was my job to stop and say, hey, who's going to pay for all these bullets that I'm about to go shoot them with? You know, you know, who, you know who's going to pay for is, is it really the time to ask those questions? You know, the, I'm supposed to follow my orders that I'm given, I'm supposed to let those higher up worry about all the other little details. Excuse me, before I go risk my life, who's going to tell my wife if I get killed? You know, who's, you know, do I really need to do that? I should trust them to take care of all those necessary things. And I should be able to trust those that are in leadership over me, that they've got my back, you know, that, you know, they've got some common sense on these things. And Jesus knows what we need, folks. Jesus knows what we need as a church. He knows what we need as a family. He knows, he knows what we need to survive. He knows all that stuff. 
And when he tells us to do something, we should just go do it and let him figure out how to take care of all those other things. We should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. And he said that in the context of don't be worrying about all the things of this life. Seek first the kingdom of God. And what we ought to do as Christians, we ought to look at this great commission and say we've been called to reach the whole world. And we don't need to stop and say, well, wait a minute, before we can reach the world, how are we going to... You know, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for that? You know, what are we going to do about the manpower? No, let's just start doing whatever we can. Let's start going everywhere we have an opportunity to go. Let's start going wherever we can go. Let's start doing all the things we're going to talk about a little later in the sermon. And let the Lord worry about all those details. But most people, they have this attitude. Well, before we can have a real global impact, you know, we've got to get some money in this church. So, you know, let's go knock the rich neighborhoods. You know, let's go knock on those doors and, you know, let's just invite them to church. Let's not just give them the gospel. We don't want to freak them out when we go to their doors because then they might not ever come visit our church. You know, and that that's the thinking because, you know, you've got to do these things, right? I mean, doesn't it make sense before we're going to go and do something as big as reaching the world that we get some rich people in the church? Well, that makes sense, mathematically speaking. But is that does God usually work that way? Does God usually do things according to man's wisdom? No, he doesn't usually do it that way, does he? So why are we going to go and apply man's wisdom when it comes to reaching the world? I believe that the power that it took for them to reach the world is something that came at Pentecost when they received the Holy Ghost. And we have the Holy Ghost, so we've got the power. Do we really think that our power is going to come from what's in our wallets? Do we really think... i got $2 in my wallet right now, all right? I mean, do, are we going to trust in George Washington's to, to get the job done, or even Benjamin Franklin's to get the job. Is that what, is that what we're going to trust in? No, we're trusting in the Holy Ghost to help us do these things. And it's our job when we're told to do something to just go do it. Say, how are we going to reach the whole world? All right, you know, what, what's the plan? Well, I've got a few things, but at the, at the end of the day, the plan is we're just going to do it. We're just, we're just going to go wherever we can. We're going to go preach to whoever we can. We're going to go and we're going to try to multiply. We're going to go to as many places as we can. We're going to use every tool that we have. We're just going to start doing it and then just see what God does. Because at the end of the day, He's the one that's in charge of providing. He's, he's the one responsible for providing everything that we're going to need. Did He not say, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth? So... We need, to, we need to keep that the focus. But churches today, they're more focused on building their palaces in their local community. You know, their way of reaching the people is building the biggest building with the highest steeple in town. So everybody can see it and admire their architectural work that they've done. But is that going to get anybody saved? You know, did the Notre Dame Cathedral, were they getting anybody saved before it got burnt down? You know, they're going to get just as many people saved now that it's burnt down as they did when it was in its glory. And that's zero. They accomplished nothing. They had that you know, great architectural achievement, but they weren't doing anything when it came to reaching the gospel. They, they were doing absolutely nothing. We're not going to reach anybody with these things. People worshipped that building. Does anybody think anybody's going to go to heaven because they worshipped a building? No. But yet, that's what people are doing in communities. You know, we've just got to put all this money, we've just got to build this palace... And if you build it, they will come. That's in the Bible, right? Or is that a movie? Uh, yeah, you hear that all the you hear that all the time. That's not true. You know how many big church buildings are in this area that are empty? They don't have hardly anybody in them. It's sad. 
how, how, how many there are like that. And so we don't want to be focused on that. Churches are becoming daycare centers for baby Christians who never mature. Well, it's like, you know, we, you know, we can't reach the world, you know, if we can't even, you know, fill our, our pews up. So we're going to fill our pews up by entertaining people, you know, by making sure we don't preach anything that would run them off. You know, we're just going to slowly over a process of about 20 years, wean them off that milk and get them onto the meat. It, what these people are doing is not working. It's taking forever. Churches that are not preaching hard are not reaching the world. It's, it's just not happening. Churches that are entertainment centers, they are not reaching the world. If being an, a successful entertainment center is going to reach the world, then you know who's reaching the world right now is Hillsong. And if you think Hillsong is reaching the world with the gospel, you are believing another gospel. It, they're get, but they're getting it done when it comes to entertainment. They're making millions when it comes to entertainment. But are they getting anybody saved? No, they're getting nobody saved. So we're not going to use man's wisdom. We're not going to do, we're not going to get up here and I'm not going to waste my time, you know, trying not to hurt people's feelings and only preaching things that are going to make me popular. Be thinking I've got to be popular so we can get everybody's money so we can reach the world. No, we're just going to reach, we're just going to start doing it. We're, we're just going to do it right from the get go. And the churches who are going global, you know, they're not, we're not taking the name of our church global because that's what I want our church to go global. So we'll say, what does that mean? We want Liberty Baptist churches all over the world? No. No, that's, that's not what I mean by that at all. But we take the name of Jesus global. We're taking that wherever we go. See, we don't want to take the name of Liberty Baptist global, but the name of Jesus. Why? Because what is Liberty Baptist church supposed to be? You know, what are we as a church? This is something we need to think about. I could probably preach a whole message just on this, but let me just briefly tell you what we are as a church. We are, one, we're just a place where we, one, we train more soul winners to go out. Okay, This is not the place where we try to get people saved. While it's great when it happens, and sometimes we do, we'll have a friend day and I'll preach a salvation message, but most of the time when we're trying to get people saved is outside this church. Okay? That, that, that's what we're doing. This is a place where we teach Christians not just how to be a good soul winner, but how to be a good Christian. Because if you're not a good Christian, you're not going to be a good soul winner. If you're not following the Lord, if you're grieving the Holy Spirit, you are not going to be used of God. So we're going to teach people how to be good Christians. So plan on getting your toes stepped on every once in a while. You know, plan on hearing some preaching against some things that you don't really want to hear preached against. Because, you know, because, you know, our flesh, it's just, it's bent on backsliding, isn't it? And so we've got to be kind of shaken up every once in a while. We need to get the devil preached out of us every once in a while because our flesh is dirty. And the reason we want to do that is so we can be more effective as a Christian so we can reach more people. You know, we're another thing we are as a church, we're a place of refuge and retreat from the world. Sometimes we just need, you know, don't be afraid of that word retreat. Okay. Sometimes we do. We just need to regroup, refocus. You know, we're, you know, the battle, you get weary sometimes. And there's going to be those days where, you know, you just need to come and you just need some encouragement. And that's usually where you're going to get the face ripping message. You know, that's the way it usually tends to go. But we need that, you know, and it is. It is a place of retreat. It is nice to be able to just get away from all the junk in the world. You know, get away from all the you know nastiness that you have to deal with in the workplace. And sometimes even just junk with family members and things you have to deal with. And just get around like-minded people. It's very refreshing. And we need that. Why? We're trying to, you know, recharge our batteries so we can go out and do some more. 
so we can accomplish some things. A church, and so a church, or, or any church we ever start, it will just be another centralized location for people like us who are trying to fulfill the same commission as us. You know, as we try to reach other places, as we try to, you know, spread the gospel and as, you know, we, te- you know, we're, we're going to other towns all the time preaching the gospel. If there's a place where there's a bunch of other believers in that area where maybe it's difficult for them to come here every week, eventually we might just want to start a church there. And then that way there's a new group there that's going to be able to get to some of these other places that are harder for us to get to. They're going to be able to get there much easier. And they will be another centralized location. And so the local church, it's simply called the local church because of the fact it's an independent body under the direct authority of Jesus Christ. Did you know that in reality, our church and all biblical churches are satellite churches? We're all satellite churches whose headquarters is in heaven. We all, all, each local assembly is directly under the authority of Jesus Christ. So we want to try to start more places like this in other parts of the world because then they can get to some of these other parts even easier. You know, nobody from another state is probably going to come and do a, uh, you know, a soul winning event in Harmon. Okay. Some of you that live around here, you probably don't even know where Harmon is. Okay. You know, it's a really small town, you know, that's, that's not far from here. And we've knocked it before, but you know, it's good that we're here because we're able to reach these little places like that. You know, there's a lot of places, you know, we go to, we go to the quad cities a lot because there's a lot of population there. There's a lot of receptive areas there, but you know, there's a lot of other smaller towns around there too, that we probably wouldn't think to go to. But if we get a soul winning church started out there, those places will probably be reached because those people need to hear the gospel too, you know? And so we need as many of these churches as possible. So we're going to try to help start churches, you know, and, and a, but a local focus, you're not thinking about that. You know why a lot of pastors don't want us to help start churches today? Because they're afraid they're going to create competition for their church. Well, some of our people might go to that church. You know, then what's, what's going to happen in our kingdom? You know, well, you know, it might be better for some of them to go to that church. They might be able to be more involved. Maybe it's closer to them. You know, who, you know, who knows? Truth is, we're not trying to build a kingdom here. We're not trying to build the biggest church in town. We're trying to reach the world. And so it helps if we're spread out. A little bit. Now turn over to Matthew chapter 10. So that local focus, you know, it's, it's us basically saying we'll give God what He wants after He gives us what we want. That is not right. That is not biblical. Also, the local focus, it causes us to waste time on people who are just not interested in hearing the gospel. And there are, uh, look at, but, and at the same, because at the same time, while there's a lot of people who aren't interested in hearing the gospel, there's people all over that are ready and waiting. In Matthew chapter 10, oh, I didn't put it, oh, yeah, here it is. Matthew chapter 10, verse 11, it says, And whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. You know, one of the problems with that local focus is you've got churches that they've literally had the same doors slammed in their face 15 times. 
And it's like, well, you know, we, yeah, we'd like to go to some of these other towns. We'd like to go to some of these farther away places. We've got to fill our own place up first. But in the meantime, all you're doing is just annoying the same people over and over again when there's people all over in other places that are ready to hear the gospel. Yeah, but they're not going to come to our church. But they're ready to hear the gospel. You know, they're ready to get saved if somebody would just tell them the truth. So why don't you forget about what they can give you and why don't you go and focus on what you can give them? Why don't you go where it's receptive? I would rather go. I, you know, and we do, we're always going to focus on our area. We're always going to, we're never going to forget our local community, but we've knocked all our doors out here. We, we knock almost all the doors out here probably every year. But I would rather go places where we've never knocked on the doors before. So we're going to keep going to these other towns, even if these people don't come to our church. And since we have been going to other towns, our church has been growing. So I, I, once again, it's because it's God that builds a church. That's why we don't use we don't use man's wisdom on this. We use we use the wisdom of God when it comes to this. And you know, and so there are some places, there are some towns that don't deserve churches. Because notice what he said there in Matthew chapter ten. He said, if you're not receiving this town, shake the dust of your feet off and you move on. Well, we can't forget these people. No, forget them. They rejected. You need to go somewhere where people are receptive and they're ready to listen. And you've got pastors today. They're sitting in churches. And they're sitting in towns just doing nothing for years. And a lot of times it's because they're doing nothing. But sometimes they've actually tried and they're just not being received. You know what? Go somewhere where you'll be received then. It's okay to do that. Uh, but I went to the conference and a preacher just you know screamed for two hours, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, amen. Just don't quit. The Bible says don't quit. And they just repeat the same thing over and over again. You know, and I got convicted and I went to the altar and I said, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. You know, there's some places God said to quit and God said, you need to shake the dust of your feet and move on. That's what, the, that's what Jesus taught to do. Why? Because there's people out there that are ready to listen. There are people out there that want to hear the truth and we need to reach those people. That's, that's what the folks need to be. But let me, though, explain to it right now, though, why I do believe our church in Rock Falls actually does deserve a church. I do believe, while some towns don't deserve a church, I do believe we ought to pray that our town never becomes a town that doesn't deserve a good church. But notice, because Jesus, you know, He didn't call on them to just stay in that town and be faithful collecting your paycheck until He comes back. That's not what He said to do. I had a guy just tell me, I just had a guy just tell me that this morning on one of the videos he didn't like. He told me I just needed basically just you know, focus on the work here and keep collecting my paycheck. It's like, I'm, I'm just going all over the place. All right. You know, I, that, that's, that's, I'm, we're not going to do that. But that's the, that's that local mentality again. You know, and we don't, we don't want to be too quick to stamp Ichabod over a town. Okay? A lot of people are real anxious to do that just because they want to quit. They want to give up. But let me explain why our town does deserve a church. For one, we're not persecuted here, are we? Okay. In fact, you know, as a as a whole, yes, we get the door slammed in our face sometimes, but as a whole, we are welcome in this town. Okay, proof of that. Our our city our our city has been very good to us. You know, when it's come to a lot of different things in the past. You know, when it, you know some of the regulations when we bought this building, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't completely up to code, and they were willing to work with us. And they our, our city has been very good to us. You know, we have, none of us have been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. You know, there's been a couple instances where there's been, been an idiot cop. But for the most part, even with the cops, the exchange has been good. 
for, for the most part. None of us have been thrown in jail. We're, uh, you know, we're not being stopped. Yes, there's a lot of rules about places we're not supposed to go, but we break those rules all the time and we don't get in any trouble for it. So, you know, our, this isn't like it was back then where they were literally getting ran out of town, where they're literally getting killed and persecuted. Those are the places Jesus said, shake the dust of your feet off. Okay? That's not what's going on out here. You know, people are for the most part receptive and we're seeing people saved every week out here. You know, the local authorities have treated us decently. You know, and it's nice too that the cost of living is pretty low out here too compared to a lot of other places. We're not paying thousands and thousands of dollars a month on rent or even on a mortgage and on, on all these things that a lot of places have to. We're not paying thousands of dollars, you know, to get our building up to some codes. I, there's been churches that had to shut down just because the cities come in and they're making them put in sprinkler systems and all these things that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. They just don't have the money for it. And they've got, we don't have that problem in this town. And so because of that, we can actually focus a bigger portion of our budget towards outreach, you know, compared to a lot of churches. So, I, you know, there's a lot of good reasons for us to be out here. There's a lot we've got going for us. Now, I'm not going to be like a lot of pastors and be like, our situation's good and all churches should follow this model. Wrong. Okay? There's, there's reasons to be in cities too. There's reasons to be everywhere. Okay? And I'm not going to be so self-centered and so narcissistic that our way is the only way it can possibly work. I listened to a preacher the other day who's the king of narcissism. And he was talking about how some families and some preachers have too many kids. And, you know, and he believes that you know, a pastor should probably have about four kids. And guess how many kids he had? Four. And that's just how some people are. You know, the way I do it is the way everybody ought to do it, and everybody else's way is stupid. No, okay? There's more than one way to skin a cat. And, you know, there's a lot of, bent, there's a lot of good reasons for us to be out here. And I'm just saying, this area deserves a church. And, and, and I, I'm thankful that there is one here. And I pray we stay in an area that deserves a church. But in the meantime, we're not only going to go to, we're not going to only start churches in towns with, you know, 25,000 people. You know, like Sterling and Rock Falls. We're not, we're not going to do that. that, that but, um, you know, a lot of churches, though, they are. They're just spinning their wheels in one place, getting nothing done, instead of going where it's receptive, going where they can actually accomplish something. That's against what Jesus said to do. Okay? It's not necessarily quitting. It's just, you know, working somewhere else is what it is. And, and sometimes we need to do that. And I, and I pray we never have to do that here. And I definitely don't think we, we need to now. But we'll turn over to Romans chapter 1. So this local focus, it also creates an attitude of what can the community do for me rather than what can we do for the community. Because really, what can, you know, what do we get out of going soul winning in the ghettos in Chicago? What are we going to get out of that? Okay. The most money, in fact, what are we going to even really get going souling in our local community? You know how much money we've had come in going souling in the community? Somebody gave one of our guys like $2 one time to give to the church. It's the only donation we've ever got out, out, yeah, out souling it, okay? like, like, two, like two bucks. That, we're not doing it for the money. Other than that, you know, we've had people give us drinks of water and things like that, and that's about it. You know, we, we, don't, we don't get anything from that. But look what it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 14. Because this is why, too, you cannot, you, you, you can't even get some pastors to even think about 
you know, going to a big town somewhere or someplace far away from them and having a soul winning marathon or something because their attitude, what's in it for our church? You know, us going to Chicago and having a soul event, there's nothing, physically speaking, that is in it for our church. And some preachers, they, they, some preachers get mad about it. They literally get mad at our church going to these other towns. And I promise you, the Solning Mega Marathon, it's going to be in Peoria this year. And I know a bunch of churches in Peoria. A bunch. And if they find out we're having a Solning Marathon in Peoria, they're going to get mad. And they're going to get bent out of shape. And I don't care. I didn't ask any of their permission. You know why? Because God did not make them Archbishop of Peoria. God commissioned our church to go to the whole world. The whole world's our territory. And we're going, to go, we're going to go there. Why? Because it's a new town where we've not gone soul winning. We're hoping to uh, you know, re- get more soul winners uh, you know, that are from different parts of the state to come and be a part of it. And if one of those churches want to work with us, that's fine. We'll use their tracks and send them to their church you know, if, if they want. But if, you, if they think I'm going to call and get their permission, you know, I hope they don't hold their breath. Because they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, they'll die. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna call them up. I've already got permission, but so a lot of churches won't even think about it because what's in it for them? And it, but it says in Romans chapter one verse fourteen, Paul said, "I am a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also." So Paul's saying, "I'm a debtor to everybody." So what's he gonna do? I'm gonna. He said, "I'm gonna preach the gospel." To you. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the Apostle Paul, he had this attitude, I owe the world. So I'm going to preach the gospel to him. And that's the context too when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He's saying, This will save anybody, so I'm going to preach it to everybody because I'm their debtor. And I'm a debtor to the people of Sterling and Rock Falls. I'm a debtor to the people of Peoria and to Timbuktu. So I'm going to preach the gospel to everyone that I possibly can because the whole world is our mission field. So we're going, to, we're going to go wherever we can. But once again, these places we're going to go, we probably won't get any visitors from our church for having a soul marathon in Peoria. At least not from anybody whose door we knocked on. But I, you know what I just tend to think will happen, I think we'll have some visitors. I think we'll have more visitors. The more towns we go to, the more visitors we seem to have. Why is that? Because God's blessing us because God, we're doing what He called us to do. Hey, here's a church that's actually doing what I told them to do. I'm going to send them some help. I'm going to, I'm going to send the laborers to them that we're supposed to be praying for. You know, And the truth is, if the church isn't giving the gospel, why are they even praying for laborers? What are they going to help you do? You know, Build your palace? Is that what we're looking for? You know, we're, we're supposed to be laboring to get the gospel to the whole world. But this is why churches aren't interested in reaching the poor or those in towns far from their church. What are we going to get from these people? Nothing. You know, most churches, they're wasting their time getting the doors slammed in their face, you know, for the 14th time rather than reaching that one person who's never had anyone knock on their door. And that's what we need to be focused on. We need to be going to these places. And so that local focus, it creates a dependence on man's wisdom for God's provision, while the global focus, it creates a dependence on God's provision. 
Because you all realize that if we're gonna if we're gonna have this local focus, you know, I can see where we could get it done as far as building us a palace and filling up a building and things like that. Because other churches have done that out here. You know, it, it's mathematically possible. You know, it's easy to see what would need to be done. But if we're gonna reach the whole world, you know what we're gonna do real quick? We're gonna get real dependent on Christ. Because and, and think about this too. Isn't this why? We believe on Christ for salvation because we learn from the scriptures that it is impossible for us to turn from all of our sins. It's impossible for us to save ourselves. We see an impossible situation. And so what do we do? We put our faith and trust on Christ. And then what does he do? He miraculously saves us. Now, if salvation was by us getting baptized, living a good, clean, moral life and things like that. We could easily say, I could do that, couldn't we? And then what's going to happen? We're going to go to hell. But in, and when it comes to building a church with the local focus, okay, us building a palace, us building a name for ourselves here and having a congregation full of people, that is something that we can do. But reaching the whole world, that's something that we cannot do on our own power. So what do we do? But we believe that we've been called to do that so what do we do? We just fully put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that He will help us do it. And then you know what He does? He miraculously empowers us to actually go and do that very thing. So you would think those of us who are saved, we would know better than to say, yeah, we can't do that. Man, if, if He was willing to save us, if He did save us, why wouldn't He be able to use us to get the Gospel to the whole world? So that, that you know, we, should, we, ought to, we ought to know better as Christians, but Matthew chapter 11 and verse 3 says, and he said, said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto him. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. One of the things that Jesus used to prove that, hey, I am the Messiah. I am he that should come. He said the poor is having the gospel preached to him. Now, there is no financial gain from that. But it's what we've been called to do. It is what Jesus did. And many people today, they are, they're not interested in reaching the poor. Especially, you know, now they might work real hard to reach the poor in their area so they can like, you know, clean them up, you know, get them rehabilitated, get them a job, and then they could, you know, display them as this great trophy. You know, this guy, he was a dirty, rotten, no good bum. And, you know, and he got gloriously saved. And, you know, after, you know, five years of us working on this one guy, you know, we've now got him in church and he's faithful. You know, he's our trophy. Okay. He's kind of like, I forgot, who's that one guy? He's like everybody's, he's like the traveling trophy in all the IFB world. Sluter like won this guy from our crowd. And was like making videos of him because he converted him from, you know, the non-dispensational crowd. Chris Jones. And then now there's this Calvinist guy making videos with him because he won him from the Sluter crowd and got him now. He's now, you know, and, and he's, he did the same thing. He did an interview with this guy just like he did with Sluter. You know, and now he knows that Calvinism's true and being reformed is right. You know, and, and I'm just thinking he, he's like the traveling trophy. And that's how it is in a lot of these places. They will. They'll go work so hard on that one guy, 
you know, getting him to be a proselyte and just making him twofold more a child of hell, getting him to be like them instead of just going and just reaching people that are receptive. And if you think I'm going to waste my time working on Chris Jones so we can have him as our trophy, you know, have him as the trophy temporarily. Hey, we got him. You know, we rescued him from the Calvinist. Then the Mormons are going to get him after we're done with him. You know, people like that, you know, just just leave him alone. He's, he's a traveling trophy. And these people are all over. They're always speaking at seminars. I used to be this and that. You know, just shut up. All right. You know, go do something for five years before you go speaking in your seminars. You know, you don't want to be Bill Schnoblin, the guy who was like a witch. He was a Mormon. He was a vampire. He was uh, literally he was like all these different things. And, you know, and then he got saved. It was like a bad. Now he's like a Hebrew roots guy. And he's still out there teaching everybody. I'm thinking, can you go do something? For a decade before you go and just become this chief speaker. But, you know, he's got cool stories because he used to suck people's blood. I'm out. I've got his I've got his book already years ago. The guy has literally been everything that you can possibly be. I think he was even a priest. You know, it might have been like some satanic priest or something, too. But I, I, what's the difference? You know, what, what, what's the difference? Well, it, it, it makes sense to reach the rich. Why? So they can pay the bills, you know, so we can do that global work. But, you know, what? God has called us to reach the poor. Why? Because they're the ones that are receptive. They're the ones who are humble enough to actually be saved. And since we're in the business of getting saved, we ought to be going towards those people. So, you know, at Liberty Baptist Church, we're never going to forget about our local community. You know, we're always going to be, you know, making waves in this town. We're always going to be, you know, you know, everybody's going to know we're here. We're, we're going to make sure of that. But we're not going to make it our only focus. This is just a centralized headquarters where we come to, together to figure out how we're going to reach the entire world. We're going to figure out how we're going to reach people in Chicago and in the Quad Cities and in Rockford and Peoria, places like that. Any, and anywhere else in the world where people are receptive to the gospel. And it might sound like an impossible undertaking, but not only can it be done, it's been done many times before. And it is being done by other churches who have the right kind of vision. And so this is something we're perfectly capable of doing. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, did Jesus go to his father? Yes, he did. So are we not capable of doing greater works? Oh, yeah, but brothers, I've never seen you multiply loaves. I've never seen you walk on the water. Oh, okay, so you want a spectacle. You want me to put on a performance for you. I didn't realize that's where... You know, do you realize that all those people that Jesus fed rejected him the next day when he tried to preach the gospel to them? Do you realize Jesus walking on the water didn't get anybody saved? It's the gospel that gets people saved. That is a greater work. Seeing get somebody getting saved is a greater work. It's a greater miracle than you know healing a leper, you know healing the sick, casting out demons. That is a greater work. Okay, you just want a magic show. Okay, if you want a magic show, just go to Las Vegas and go watch one of their shows that they put on and watch a guy do cool tricks. Okay. That's what you, that's what you're in because you you just want entertainment. You want a spectacle. Okay, you're like the Jews that a wicked adulterous generation that's looking for a sign. 
Okay, the works he's talking about is preaching the gospel. And we, as a church, we're getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saved, thousands of people saved. And you know, that is a great work. That is a great miracle. And there's, so we are capable of doing this. And here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to reach the world. One, we're going to continue knocking every door in our area. We are going to continue to go to different towns and even other countries. We're going to have sowing events. And we're going to try to focus extra attention on receptive areas. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to continue going and trying to encourage, you know, one of my personal goals, I want to continue going to other parts of the world and other places in the United States where there are faithful soul winners, where there are people. I'm going to be going to England this, this year and getting with a group of soul winners that are over there. Why? Because that is a dark place, but yet there is a light over there. And if I can go over there and be an encouragement to these people that are getting the job done, I want to do that because we're on the same team. That's why I went to the missions conference last week. I knew there was going to be people from all over the world that were coming to this thing, wanting encouragement, wanting to be edified. I want to be, I want to encourage these people. I want to let them know I appreciate what they're doing in these other countries because we need them to help us get the gospel to the whole world. We, we need them, so we're going to continue encouraging people like that. We're going to continue to expand our online ministry, which is only going to get us more enemies. But that's okay. We're going to get the gospel out to more people. We're going to continue helping other churches. We're going to work with them in souling events and preaching. We're going to continue to preach holiness so we can be better used of God. I don't care how much money our church ever gets. I don't care how big we get numerically. If we get dirty with the sins of this world, we will not be used. We will not be effective. We've got to keep preaching to holiness. We're going to continue to plant churches. We're going to plant churches. We're going to continue doing anything else that somebody, anything that someone else comes up with that's effective. If somebody, if there comes a new thing tomorrow that's better than the internet, that's good at getting the gospel, we're going to use it. We're going to get we're going to get on board with that. We're not going to be like the old IFB, still only doing radio and newspapers, and then wondering why their ministries aren't as effective as they used to be. You know, back in the heyday, you know, John R. Rice, he was tearing it up with the newspaper. Yes, because that was a big form of media back then. But that's not the case anymore. You know, Dennis Coral just finally got Twitter. You know, and you know he. He's wondering why, I don't know why nobody's following me or why is everybody following the trendies? Because the trendies are using the internet. You know, the trendies are using these things and these guys are hiding behind their newspapers. We can't do that. We've got to be effective. And we could talk a lot more about that, but I want our church to have a focus. It's our job to reach the world. It's our job to reach the world. We're going to preach to as many people as we can. We're not just going to think about Sterling and Rock Falls. You know, because we're just trying to build a kingdom for ourselves. We want the money in town. We're not going to do that. We're going to do what we were actually told to do. And we're going to let God figure out how to pay the bill. That's what we're, that's what we're going to do. And I believe He will do that. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray, dear God, that You'll help us to follow these things, Lord. I pray You'll help us to uh, to think bigger when it comes to uh, our ministry here at this church, Lord. This isn't about uh, lifting up the name of Liberty Baptist Church. It's about lifting up the name of Christ. And I pray that we will uh, be faithful to help those in other churches and in di- different parts of the world that will be, uh, be faithful and going places and witnessing where uh, we'll probably never get any visitors in our church. But, Lord, we, just, we know that uh, they will be hearing the truth 
and being saved. And I just pray that that will be our focus. Souls, that you'll help us to have that faith to do that. In your name we pray. Amen.